welcome into another edition of Cheers from the Press Box. I'm your host, Brennan Tassif, joined as always by my co-host and very good friend, Mr. Joe Dorville. What's up, Joe? Happy, healthy, and fresh off a flight. Yeah, Joe's just getting back to the D, the big D Dallas. Uh, if you're new to the show, rundown of the show, we're going to go over some of the biggest topics and the biggest sports. Then we're going to do quick hits, which is going to be Joe and I going back and forth about some extra topics for other sports, less known sports, different things like that. Normally we would do a walk off, but Joe had some uh, playing issues and I was lazy. So we don't have a walk off this week. <laughs> then we will get right into the press comments, but we'll start this way off the same way we this week off the same way we do every week. Joe. Ready to return the opening kickoff. Perfect way to kick off. At this oh. point, it's a good running bit. We just don't have walk-offs anymore. I know. The first the first couple of months, if not the first year of the show, I took it so seriously. My walk-offs always Super made me cry. Seriously. And it was like real important stuff. And then the more we were doing it, the more I was just like, I don't have... Yeah, man, I got got steam issues, guys. Got steam issues. I was ran out of stuff to talk about. Well, let's start this week off. We are uh, switching gears. Not a lot of hot stove NFL stuff happening. So finally, I know I said this a couple weeks ago, but finally, the NBA has taken over the number one spot. And it should for the remainder of the playoffs in case anything crazy happens, unless anything crazy happens. Joe, the playoffs are set. The season is done. We are getting into postseason NBA play. So you know what that means this year, like last year, we now have the, the year play before. and the year before we now have the play in tournament. So let's talk about it. Who do All you right. got in the East? In the East, we have Cleveland at Brooklyn, and then we have Charlotte at Atlanta. Brennan, I'm going to go with two of the more experienced teams. I'm going to go and the home teams. I'm going to go with Brooklyn and I'm going to go with Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. So uh, Charlotte uh, Hayward, surprise, surprise, is out again. So uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I forgot that he got traded to Charlotte until I heard that he was hurt for the playing game. And I was like, yeah, that's exactly what we can expect from him. Can't even remember if he got traded or he just ended up signing there. No, he ended up signing there. That's that's what it was. Yeah. yeah, his Boston contract was up and they would not read him up for good reason. He was hurt every year and now he's in Charlotte. Yeah. He's making like $120 million or something over like three years or Is four really? years. Is it that much? Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I'll pull up the numbers. Anyway, I'm with you. I've got Brooklyn beating the Cavaliers. Cavaliers are just too injured still. Even if some of those guys yeah. come back for the playing game, they're not going to be at full strength. Yeah. So I've got yeah. and Brooklyn has Kevin Durant. <laughs> they have Kevin Durant. They have Kyrie, who's a wizard with the basketball. Um, not much. Yeah, Jared so Allen was talking about areas. coming back for that game with a broken finger, but it's like, what? How you gonna play yeah. basketball with a broken finger? It's been done before, but it's not ideal. I'll say that much. Um, yeah. And then Atlanta, I think Gordon Hayward aside, that team Charlotte's a little too young, and Atlanta just has uh, firepower that they won't be able to handle. Trades really. You know, humming at peak performance right now. He ended up actually leading the entire NBA in points all season, um, even with missing a bunch of games. So I found that stunning. Um, So, yeah, him, John Collins, all the guys that were hurt throughout this season are now back and healthy. They went on quite a run to end off the year. So I think they will beat Charlotte and then then they have to play Cleveland. I think they'll beat Cleveland 
to. So uh, you have Atlanta making it into the eight yeah, seed. They'll make it into the eight seed and lose to Miami in about five games. And then Brooklyn okay. Celtics. That's going to be interesting to watch, um, especially now that um, what's my guy's name? Williams. Roy. Roy. Isn't that his name? Roy Williams. No, that's the coach that used to coach UNC, the old white guy. What are you doing here? Robert, Robert Williams. Robert, there we go. Oh, Wait, my Roy God, I was Williams. one letter off, and you're acting like I said Roy McHale. Williams is a very different person than Robert Williams. I don't know if you've seen their appearances. I don't think anybody's ever confused. Ricky, about the it's DMV. Ricky Williams. <laughs> I don't think they've got uh, their DNA swapped there. Not a, That'll be a weird Freaky Friday situation. Yeah, um, he's supposed to be coming back. He's supposed to come back, but that's if they make it to the second round. So I don't know if he'll be, he probably won't be able to participate. They're saying Ben Simmons may be able to participate in the first series. I don't think we're seeing Ben Simmons this entire year, honestly. Yeah, I don't think so either. So that's that. Um, How upset are you if you're Brooklyn and you make that trade thinking like they had to have done a physical, like, how first of all, if you're Ben Simmons, how are you out for an entire year? And then all of a sudden you're like, oh no, I got a back issue. Second of all, if you're Brooklyn, how pissed are you that you're like, okay, like we got Ben Simmons, we'll let you sit, you know, get your mind right. But now you're out of the situation you wanted desperately out of. Like you're gonna come be that defensive powerhouse we need, right? And he's like, nah, I might just actually sit this whole year. Well, sorry, tired plane stuff. Um plane well, stuff. actually, I think Brooklyn <laughs> I I still think Brooklyn won the trade for the simple fact that one, they got a disgruntled, uh, no good Harden off the team at that point because he was well, and on that price point, he's going to be making like especially on that price point, almost Uh, if he raises up, yeah, he'll be an insane cap hit, um, insane number, um, but getting Harden out of there but also depleting Philadelphia. We've seen it come down the stretch when they're not playing the Knicks and they're not playing the Timberwolves, how they struggle against other teams because they don't have the shooting of Seth Curry. They don't have the depth that Andre Drummond provided. So Brooklyn getting those things will still help them. It will still help them offensively and defensively. Now they won't have a lockdown defender in the same way that if Ben Simmons was there, but they didn't have that with James Harden. Yeah, they didn't have that. They were able to keep, they were able to um, (laughs) fix the problem that was their interior defense that everybody saw was a glaring issue once they traded Jared Allen last year. And then they were able to supplement their shooting and spread the floor because now you don't have to, Harden doesn't have to initiate the offense. You could give it back to KD, you give back to Kyrie, and Seth will just spot up and be fine with that. So I, I still think they made out like gangbusters and that's going to be to the dismay of Philadelphia because they're desperately going to need that shooting. Um, yeah, they're going to need it, especially come playoff time. That's what it, that's why Seth time. was there. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't, that's it. We're not talking about individual series right now. We're just talking about the play-ins, but that Brooklyn Celtics series is going to be very, very interesting to watch. Absolutely. All right. Moving on to the West. Joe, your Los Angeles Clippers are going to be at the Minnesota Timberwolves. Who you got there? Um, man, that is Kawhi might be back for this. There's rumblings Kawhi's and grumblings and mumblings. Not getting back for a playing game. Get out of here. Um, 
I think Minnesota wins this one. I think really? Minnesota wins, locks it up, and gets in. Yeah, they've been they've been playing far more consistently for a longer time versus the Clippers, who just got Paul George back. Now, this yeah, I was gonna say he that, just came back. This doesn't mean that the Clippers won't get in, Brennan, because again, the loser of the seven eight plays the winner of the nine ten. So, the Clippers will then play. <laughs> I'm assuming New Orleans. And then I think the Clippers will win that game. So okay, the so you will think the Clippers the will get in at the eight, and then they'll get railroaded by your Phoenix Suns. Exactly, they will get Rochambeau right out of the playoffs. That's going to be a sweep, right? That has to be a sweep. It has to be, has to be, unless Kawhi comes back on a cloud of dust. Uh, yeah, that's going to be a that's going to be a three game sweep. Honestly, that's how bad it's going to be. That's how bad yeah, it's going to look. They're talking about Kawhi's doing three on three in practice. Three on three ain't five on five, and that's not maximum basketball activity. And that's not playoff basketball. Like, you got to ramp all the way up. So, yeah. Okay, I guess so we're not talking about the individual series because we're going to do that next week. Yeah. Uh, but you do want us to give a little predictiones. Yeah. Conference finals, who you got? So, uh, this will come as no surprise, but you are you, you asking me not. winning? Winning you the conference not. finals. Who, the two teams for the East, two teams for the West. All right. So the way I see it is, I think no Boston's going to make this. it to the finals. Okay. Um, and the Bucks are going to make it to the finals. That would be hard because they're going to have to play each other on the way. Are they? I was just trying to figure that out. Yeah, two three usually plays because remember it'll be one four two three. Oh, okay. God damn. Well, then I don't yeah. know. Maybe the Celtics and the Sixers? Celtics and the Sixers? Interesting. Interesting. Uh, and who you got out of the West? Uh, so this is going to be disappointing because um, it's There's not going to no be the conference finals. This. I'm There's excited no to see the Phoenix Suns go against the Golden State Warriors, but I don't think that's going to happen. So I, I'm going to take chalk, I guess. Phoenix Suns, Memphis Grizzlies. All right. All right. Um, Actually, I take that back. Let's do Memphis Grizzlies and Golden State Warriors. Wow. Again, they play in the second round. God damn it, Joe. You did not learn anything from two seconds well, ago. I'm trying, to do, I'm trying to do the math in my head like as I'm staring at it. <laughs> the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns, can, I, can we do that? That could happen, yes. Let's that do can, that. That's possible. I, okay. I, I said the, I, the Phoenix Suns would be good, but I have the Golden State. 11 minutes together. You got them just putting it all together like five I've had nine. Golden State since the beginning, and I'm going to ride with Golden State. All righty. Well, I have the Heat and Milwaukee out of the East. Um, oh, that'll be a rematch of uh, when the Miami went to the times. finals. couple times, yeah. Um, and then rematch of last year, the Heat got swept. And the year prior, uh, Miami swept Milwaukee or five uh, games five. Milwaukee. I think it was five. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then I got all... All of the fiber in me wants to go Phoenix Denver have a repeat of you know that playoff series from last year. Um, I think Denver will win the first series over Golden State. Not to get intricate about. Wow! It. Just gonna throw that out there right now. Um, 
But I, I could see, I for sure see uh, Phoenix, Memphis. Those two teams have been playing, at, it feels like, at another level consistency all year long. So I, I would like to see Ja and the pack, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks getting back there. Um, Triple J and Steven Adams, gold tooth monster. Uh, I'd like to see them going up against Phoenix, pushing them, and then that gives Memphis the experience they'll need yeah. going into next well, year. Well, we talked about Phoenix needing a couple years ago. Yeah. So gives them time to that gives them something to build on and something to look forward to in the future. Beautiful. All right. Joe, we're talking baseball. MLB season has kicked off. Oh, has thrown the first pitch. I don't know. How would you say it? Opening days <laughs> happen. Pitched off. Um, <laughs> what is your uh what's the big moment from opening weekend that you you took away? Um there are a few dope moments. Uh Bobby Witt Jr. hit a what was it like a standing double to uh take the lead in his first at that was his first hit um to help win a game for the Royals. Um Jazz Chislam hit a well, I think it was a three run homer in the ninth to get the Marlins up one. And then we proceeded to immediately give that up because again, like every year it's bullpen health is not good. Um, and this one didn't happen on opening day per se, but the Mariners had put out a video of them telling Julio Rodriguez, who was one of the two prospects last year when their GM was putting his foot in the mouth, basically just blatantly saying that, yeah, we're intentionally leaving our players in the minors. That way they won't have service time. So we don't start them yeah, at the top one of the extra year. year or something. Yeah. A, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't start them at the top of the year. Leave it and leave them in minors like two months. That way we can manipulate their service time. So this year they actually day one told him that he was going to be a starter. They flew his parents out to see his first game. He comes with the DR. So it was very touching moment, very touching video. Um, so yeah, that was pretty dope as well. Um, Joe, I don't know if you know this, but I live in New York city. You um, do. Yeah. So the opening weekend moment was just, first of all, love that the Sox Took it to the fucking Yanks, beat them by a run, three, four, or four, five, whatever you, it was. You, you're, you're on the wrong side of that right now. No, Confused. but so, okay, I was told <laughs> to say this. Uh, first of all, the Mets, we're recording this on uh, April Monday. 11th, and apparently the Mets shit the bed tonight because I told a buddy I was going to record the sports podcast. He goes, You better fucking talk about how the Mets fucking shit the bed. Uh, but back to back L's. Living in New York, it's been super cool to see. Like you hear, you see the Yankee hats everywhere around the world, but it's weird living like right up, like right down the road from the Bronx because it gets crazy around here. Everyone's got their Yankee gear on. Subways are packed. New York's back, baby. So that's my opening weekend moment because everybody knows I'm not a huge baseball guy. Was just seeing the energy that comes with being a Yankees fan. Wow. Yes. Uh, so I'm looking at the box score right now. Mets were up 4-0 going into the eighth. And That's the why. Phillies, Phillies got five runs in the eighth. <laughs> I, was, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, he's like, the fucking... Because remember, I don't know if you remember this, but last year the Mets were my adopted team. Yeah, they team. were your adopted team. That's right, because the bar, you well, not the bar, the restaurant you worked at, um, the owner, the manager was a Mets yeah, fan. Yeah, one of the managers was a huge Mets guy. He's like, you're a Mets man now. So yeah, that was the team you uh, adopted. But I'm not at that place arrival. anymore. So I think I'm gonna have to go with a different, different team. <laughs> you might as well go with the Sox, kid. You love talking like. <laughs> you might have to fucking go with the Sox, dude, just because <laughs> I like to talk like this, and I listen to too much Bill Simmons. 
<laughs> All right, let's talk extensions. Beginning of the year, but we're already talking money. Juan Soto, Aaron Judge, who you got going first? Uh, who agrees to their deal first? So the funny thing is Soto is there for at least another two years because he's signed as a 19-year-old rookie. He got brought up as a 19-year-old rookie. Um, whereas Judge is at the end of his deal. He needs to sign it immediately or it's free agency time. And the question is, are these your father's Yankees, Brennan? Are they going to dish out the big money? They already got Stanton there on an inflated contract because the Marlins hated it at the time, but hindsight 2020, great job Jeter's trading them to the Yankees and having them deal with that albatross of a contract. Um, so yeah, who do you think Ends up signing first. Judge, desperation play. You think you think he doesn't. Tr- There's a lot of money out there for agency, and apparently they only offered him two thirty. <laughs> well, so statistically speaking, uh, baseball contracts have gone down the last decade. Um, as far as like marked with inflation, like they're not as much like the bigger contracts well, are always still going to be there. But yeah, I was about the, to say the middle class is gone. There's a, there's yeah. a low seal, low floor, and a high ceiling. Yeah, so I don't think, but I don't, to be honest with you, I don't think Judge is a high ceiling guy. Mm, he gets hurt all the time. He strikes out more than he makes contact, and he's a home run chase. He's one of these home uh, run chasing big guys. Oh, man. I see, I've heard someone else say that recently, and I was like, man, have I just not been watching the Yankees recently? I felt like he was good, and everybody's projecting Stanton onto him because they kind of look damn near like twins. I mean, look it up, it, especially because. So wait a second. He, um, you said he uh, free agency would be coming if they don't get a deal done soon. In the in baseball, can they reach free agency in the middle of the season? No, you mean no, after this year? Soon, you clown. Uh, <laughs> I don't watch enough baseball. I was like, is that like some weird in thing? In the where middle he, of the season, the free agency. That's why I was wow. like, can can a player start on one team and then if they don't reach a contract, like halfway through, they're just like, all right, I guess it's free agency time. Unbelievable. So last year, Judge played in 148 games. That kind of nukes the. That's a lot more promise. than I thought. Um, batted 287, very good slash numbers. Had a nine, over 900 OPS. Pretty good. 5.9 war. Yeah, I don't know what people are talking about. He's a good He's a good player. Maybe that Everybody was from a couple years ago when he him. splashed onto the scene because he splashed on doing home runs and striking out. Yeah. I mean, he's going to strike out a, a large number of times just because that's the kind of the name of the game at this point. But uh, no, he's, a, he's a, honestly, he's a better hitter than Giancarlo Stan. But I think they're going to pay Judge anyway, just because, like you said, his contract's almost up, and they love doling out. I mean, it's not the Steinbrenner, like you said, it's not your father's Yankees, but still, they still like making a splash. They still know what it's about. Cashman's in there; he knows what's going on. Still, the Steinbrenners again. It's just not your father's Steinbrenners. Uh, By comparison, last year Stanton had three seventy three, which is actually pretty good for him. Uh, batted 373, played in 140 games, 35 homers compared to 373. That sounds a lot better than Judge. Sorry, 272, 272, 272. Oh my god, I was uh, like, yeah, he's <laughs> fucking murdering it. Anything over 300 is good. 3.1 war, so almost three games worse than uh, Aaron Judge. Um, so yeah, I think I think just there's a more immediate, but also. The name of the game in baseball is, at least for the players, is get to the end of your contract and make a bidding war. 
go for the bidding war. Whereas, and the Nats have done this in the past with uh, Steven Strasburg, who where the hell has he been in the last like three years? Um, since that World Series run, he's been MIA. With Steven Strasburg, they were able to re him up while he was still playing before he actually reached free agency. So, and it's also interesting now that um, we just found out that apparently the learners are the owners of the Nats saying they, they will be, they're not shying away from selling the team. So that's usually a sign that, Hey, let's try to sign players to make the team more uh, attractive to potential buyers. Yeah. That's a weird thing too, is that whole like, Sign players and that boosts the equity of the entire team. Yeah. Because it, it guarantees you have a box office player. Yeah. No, I mean, I get it. It's just weird because there was something about, uh, there was something about, who the fuck was it? Uh, was it Seattle? I don't know. Something about like because a player signed with a certain team, they it increased their value by like half a billion dollars. And it's like, I don't know if a one star is worth that much. It's that much in ticket sales, man. I was say if you have a yeah, recognizable true. name that is ticket sales, and as we learned with uh, Dan Jerseys, Snyder and tickets, all that, merch, all that, but also on the road, you get a cut. It's revenue sharing, so you get a cut of road tickets as well. So if you have a star that people want to see on the road as well, you're gonna get some of that money back. Yeah. So. That's true. Dan Snyder taught us that, like you said, with um, Albert Hainsworth. That was the big <laughs> callback. Yeah, I'm a goddamn professional. What is this worst gift you ever got? Why did you put that on here? Okay. I put this mainly to ask you because I can never remember anything. Like, I remember no Christmases. Like, I know I got gifts during Christmases and stuff like that. But um, Rob Manford, apparently, after all the contention between him and the players this offseason with the lockout and everything, he apparently gifted every MLB player a pair of noise-canceling headphones, apparently so they could block out every time he talks. So I was wondering what was the worst gift you ever received in this fashion? The worst gift I ever got? Worst gift, yeah. Best worst gift. Uh shoot. Uh so this was something funny. So uh every year we would open a gift on Christmas Eve, and I'd always get excited because I would always, Christmas was the one time I could ask for something big, and normally it was like a PlayStation or some sort of video game console. We were always allowed to open a gift on Christmas Eve. And every year my mom or dad would hand me the gift and I was like, Oh, this is it. And then I'd rip it open and it would be a box and inside the box would be pajamas. And they'd go, Oh, we're all (laughs) going to wear our pajamas for bed. And every year I would get super excited. Like this is going to be the Xbox. I'm so excited. (laughs) They're giving it to me early so I can play it all night. And I rip it open and it's a box. And then I open the box and it's like, it's all, it was always pajama and they got it every, cause I didn't get obviously a new system every year, but every yeah. couple of years when I would, when that's the one thing I would ask for, cause I would, that was our, in our house, it was, you can have one big gift and then, mm, or you could get a, a lot of little of small gifts. gifts. So I'd always yeah. save up all my gifts for that one big <laughs> gift and every year they would get me. So that's, that's the, I mean, I, I remember it and it was fun, but that's probably the best worst gift I've ever gotten. It's pretty good. Not what about you? I get I, I told you I can't remember like get like I remember Oh you really can't remember. 
I remember, like, I remember some monumental gifts. Like, I remember when I got my PlayStation, like, my own PlayStation for me. I got five brothers, four brothers. So it's like, it was yeah. always like family system, blah, blah, blah. But I remember when I was like, no, here's your PlayStation. And then I got like shoes that I wanted. I got jerseys and stuff. So, like, I all, I, I don't, I don't think I had any like bad Christmases, like, or any bad gifts. Oh, I've got a, I got another good one. This is fun. I, um, or like people gave I, so me like I have, a, I have a um, a grandmother who is very uh, fiscally conservative. Like she's very you know frugal with her money for a good reason. She grew up during the depression, but she um, has a lot. Let's just say invested. So she's got like a lot floating around. But she would give us like stocking stuffers. Would be like a bar of soap that was lightly used. She would just like put in a stocking or she'd go around like her cabinets and see like whatever was kind of like close to expiration. She'd throw in our stocking and then yeah. she'd be like, isn't that great? Like stocking stuffers. But she would do that because she was like, she didn't want to go out and waste money, which I get. But at the same time, you know, when you're seven, eight, nine, you're like, what is this is old soap. Okay. I, I just remember that reminded me of probably the worst gift I got. Um, if you listen to any of my albums or me and Brennan's, my me and my two episodes on Brennan's podcast, you know I don't have the greatest relationship with my father. One year, the only year I remember my father actually getting me a Christmas gift, it was the Hess trucks, the toy Hess from trucks the gas station from the gas station. Yes, <laughs> ladies just and gentlemen, me, just reminded me of that. Yes. How little he cared God. about Christmas or me, you choose. Uh, he got me the Hess six eighteen wheeler little dude. That should have been on one car. of your episodes. That's hilarious. Uh, um, I just remembered it just now. It just hit me again. God. <laughs> yeah. So no Rob Manford, but you did get some Hess trucks. I mean, would it take some noise canceling headphones to block him out as well? Ready to hey, return the opening kickoff. The wrong sounder. All right, let's talk it. NHL playoffs are starting here soon. Joe, I got your Florida Panthers. I'll let you talk about them. But as of right now, they're going to be playing the Washington Capitals. And my fucking Tampa Bay Lightning are going to go against the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm excited. That's just how it stands right now. I'm really excited uh, for, obviously, the playoffs about to start. We Still look like 10 we're going games in until the end of the season, which is wild. There's still 10 games? Yeah, there's still 10 games left. It's very wild. The NBA is we a lot closer than that. Usually it starts around the same time as the NBA, but That's it's because they t- they took that like COVID holiday break in December because a lot of people were getting COVID. So they kind of just paused the season for like two weeks. So, and then they allowed people to catch up and everything. So that has delayed the start of the playoffs by about two weeks or so. Oh, that's why. Because I thought we were getting right into it, man. I was super excited. All right. Well, Tampa Bay Lightning right now are third in the Atlantic Division at 44-20-8. Beat the Sabres last night 5-0. Just crushed them, even though we lost four straight right before that. So we're going to see where we're at. Like I said, we're third right now in the Atlantic, only behind Toronto and Florida. Hopefully we can leapfrog Toronto because I don't don't mind being behind the Ice Cats because I don't want to be number one, but I don't like being third. 
Yeah, um, and speaking of the Ice Cats, we are currently on a seven-game win streak. What a road trip we went. We're 9-1 and one in our last 10 games, all victories. Let me read these off. Let me rattle these off to you. Beat the Canadians at home, beat the Black Ops at home, then went on the road for a game against the Devils and the Sabres, came back home six. Now, mind you, Two of these games are six sevens. These were overtime victories in which we were down by at least four goals. And then we came back all in the third period to take it over. Um, so that happened with the Devils and the Maple Leafs. Then we beat the Sabres 4-3. And then we beat the Preds the other night 4-1. Um, yeah. Again, we can score. We can score with the best of them. We have the best point differential. Where our point differential is even better than the Avalanche. But the goals allowed is still my biggest, my biggest sticking point. The Avalanche, the other best team in the entire league, haven't given up two hundred yet. Still about ten games ago, so they'll eventually get over two hundred. We have given up two hundred and fourteen. So that's ten more than the Lightning already. God. So I, I just. Our goalkeeping needs to get so much better. I wish, I mean, we were paying Bobrovsky so much money at this point. I don't think we could have made a move at the deadline, but I wish we would have made a move at the deadline. Spencer Knight has been playing a lot better since coming back from his uh, reassignment. Um, so hopefully that'll help bolster that, give them, you know, off alternating days. But Man, Bob Bob has been very very annoying because both of those seven six comeback games, he was in the net to start those games and gave up what appeared to be insurmountable leads, and then we just came roaring back in the second half of the in the third period. I should say. I can't believe you're giving um, up like six and seven goals, dude. That's crazy. At will, at will. Horny said the other day after after the game against the Maple Leafs, Horny said, "Yo, in the playoffs, that cannot happen. We can't give up." five goals in the first period and a half and expect to win. Like we have to be better. And it's not all Bobrovsky. I I usually put it on him, but I mean, the first game against the devils, it was all him. The second game against the Leafs, it was him and the defense in front of him. They weren't giving him enough support. So they got to tighten that shit up, man. They really got to tighten that shit up. All right. And you'll be surprised how quick and quick Mayman hits quick hits. All right, quick. We gotta go quick, quick, quick hits. We don't have to go that quick. We're actually crushing time. Uh, oh yeah. Masters roundup. Joe, oh, did you watch the Masters? I saw a little bit of the Masters, mainly day one, um, where I thought maybe, maybe. Um, Tiger was, I believe, even after the first day. Minus one, about, actually. Minus one? Okay. So after, I want to say about 10 holes, he uh, he ended up, he was even through about 10, and then he like birdied the next hole. And I was like, the lead is like minus two. I mean, if he could just ride this out, he could stay in contention. But um, didn't work out for him the rest of the days. But his partner on the first day ended up going on to win it. Scotty Scheffler. Scotty Scheffler, the hot phenom, apparently. He's won his like, last six that tournaments. Hot. Uh, okay. Well, I'm saying he won his last six tournaments that he participated in. The- yeah, so he's... um. He Turn won four one. tournaments uh, in a 57-day span, which is unheard of. Uh, won his first tournament in the same calendar year as he won the Masters. 
uh, was the first uh, second player ever to be dubbed the world number one the same weekend the Masters was starting and win the Masters. Last time that happened was 1991. Um, I don't think I maybe he's not the second, but I know, I know the last time it happened was about 21 years ago. Uh, That's so a couple of takeaways. Ago. Oh my God, I'm getting old. Uh, a couple of takeaways. It was, it was really cool to see Tiger out there. Like you said, I thought the same thing when he was minus one after the first day. I was like, he's going to go get in a little cryo chamber, a little hyperbaric. He's going to be right as rain. And the wheels and started to they, come off. So the, day two. The way they set up the schedule was like optimal for him. They had him tee off early on Thursday and then late mm-hmm. on Friday. So he could have the maximum resting time and it still didn't help him. Yeah, not only that, but the weather was actually uh, better. If you were in that group, the early than late, because they flip-flop at the Masters. Mm. So if you were in that group, you actually made out like a bandit. Because what ended up happening was bad weather kind of came in in the afternoon. It got really cold and windy. And that kind of went into the next morning. So he actually... Mm. And you could tell... Because he was minus one on the first day and then he was plus two on the second day. So he ended up making the cut at plus one because the cut, I think, was plus three. So he ended up making the cut, which was awesome. And then and then it came off the rails, which I mean, obviously, the dude's fucking tibia was shattered and they might have had to amputate his foot. But uh, it was crazy to see him walking the course. That was awesome. Uh, Roy McIlroy had a, a push on Sunday. Where he came out of nowhere. Yeah, you saw that highlight where he's <laughs> yeah. dancing. Uh, where he turned ended into up a, at like a minus swan seven. dancer. <laughs> yeah, ended up at like minus seven or eight. And then obviously plunked it a couple. And then ended up at like minus six for a second. But uh, yeah, Scotty Scheffler coming out of... I mean, not out of nowhere because he's 25. A couple of these guys won. Like Tiger won a Masters at 21. So did Jordan Spieth. So it's not like crazy. But... He was the favorite coming into this weekend just because he's been playing so well. So it was good. And it was fun because, as everyone on here knows, my uncle's super into golf. So it was cool because the Masters is something that like we can text over. Even if I'm working, like I'll catch highlights and catch up. So it was a lot of fun. I love the Masters. All right. A couple of things I want to talk about on the Masters, though. Your boy, Louis Usazen, withdrew after day one. Apparently, he got an injury. On. I think he yep. was just bad. He shot a 76. Um, yeah. Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, said yeah. He could beat I wanted the to course talk about this. And then ended up like plus a thousand before the end of the weekend, before the start of yeah, the weekend. It was bad. Uh, so a couple of years ago, everybody knows this. Uh, I think we talked about it. We were doing the show at the time, but he basically yeah, we just said he's going to overpower the, the Augusta. That he can hit it so hard and he works out so much that he can overpower Augusta. Didn't have a great showing that year. And then this year went in injured already. And everyone's like, you're injured because you fucking power lift and train like an asshole. And it's golf. Like, you're not fucking a linebacker. Like, chill. Um, So he goes into this year. He goes into the Masters this year already hurt. But he's like, no, I'll power through it. And it's like, well, good. Because he talked all this shit about Augusta a couple years ago. And then didn't even come close to the cut. Yeah, uh, a couple other 12. big names that didn't make the cut. Brooks Kepka, I believe, missed the cut. Brooks, if I'm also not mistaken. Yep. Speeth also missed yeah, the cut. So there's Speeth just has did? not been able to. Spieth, yeah, Speeth. That was the other since, one. Since since that that dreadful showing he had, I want to say it was 2018, where he just kept dropping it in the in the drink at 12. He has not been able to recover since here, especially. Yeah, and he won the Masters at 21 years old, and now he just can't. I know. 
I don't think he has yeah, a major it was fun. win. Yeah, it was great. Well, he has a couple major wins after that, but I think he's like stuck on three. I, I was about to say, I was listening to, this is the first time I'm going to do this to you. I was listening to another podcast and, they, and uh, Chris Cody on the Dan Levitard show made a great point. He said, the crazy thing and why Tiger is such a marvel is since Tiger's like peak dominance, which ended probably like 2000. 8, 2009, 2010, let's say. After, since his peak dominance, we've had Spieth, McElroy, Kepka, uh, Dustin Johnson, Zach Johnson. Um, one of those pretty boys I can't even remember anymore at this point. We have all these guys who have gotten hot at a certain time, but it's only been two max, two majors, three majors max, you know, they, they have it for a short period of time and then they kind of fizzle out. That was crazy. That's what was crazy about Tiger dominance, that it was a dominance. It was a 10, 20 year stretch of time where something we hadn't seen since Jack Nicholas and before that Arnold Palmer. It's crazy. Yeah. Like no one could come near him. So it's literally when they say once in a generation talent, that's what, that's what we mean when we say things like that. And I just want to, the thing is like, we're we're not, we have to, we got to come to the fact that we're not going to, I don't think we're ever going to see anything to that level, to that degree again, or if not for another well, there was never going to be another years. Magic until there was Jordan. There was never going to be another Jordan until there was a LeBron. We won't have it till we have it. But those aren't the same because all those guys have different game, different skill sets. Whereas golf, the game is always the same. It's yeah, but there's different well skill sets within the game. It. People who could putt better than people who could do up and down game. Like you know, it's the same. I it's, uh, understandably so, but I'm saying to the point where they can put it all together consistently. And win in that fashion. Win two, three. You had Tiger slams. You had things that were like, well, you, he he. You can also think about it every like this, year as be much at as the you, top of every major. No, I understand that. But as much as you're talking about Tiger, don't forget he's not even the best golfer in history. He yeah, can't no, catch Nicholas. Sure. But no, Nicholas so that's what I'm saying is so Nicholas didn't do it'll it the happen way again. Did. No, Nicholas that's true. The Not same with the crazy dominance. I'm, he just did it longer. I, I say yeah. the, the time span. That's the thing. That's yeah. that's the thing. It's crunched into that time Don't forget, span. that whole thing that happened with um, his ex-wife and everything, that was what, 2008 or something? Yeah, I want to like, say 2008, was a, yeah. a long time ago. Yeah. That's what so I'm, he exactly. was dominant from like 95, 96. 97. All, you know, 97, like, I think, is when he started winning, when he was 21. So 97 yeah. till 2008. That's 11 years. And in that 11 year span broke every fucking record imaginable. Whereas when you look at like Jack Nicholas, he played. No, no, I mean, he's one after that, but I'm saying the dominance that you're talking about is condensed into that 11 year period. Yeah. 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 yeah, Cause he's only one a few after that. Yeah. Yeah. And Nicholas was doing it over the course of like a 40 year career. Exactly. That's the difference. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, everything for Tiger was within, not everything, but say 80% of his career was boiled down into that 11 years, whereas 100% of Nicholas's career was over the course of 35 years. Yeah. So that is kind of crazy to think about that. Yeah, for sure. Oh, I also wanted to say you made a... A reference to oh, I'm gonna do this for the first time. You reference Bamani Jones and Dominic Foxworth all the I time. Do. So I do, I do. You're right. That's a good point. 
That's a good boy. That's a good shout. Um, what was on this? Play the sounder. <laughs> I don't play the sounder in one more round. Okay, so another thing. Um, one more round. One. This is your account. Dance. This next What's one is called? your account. What's the segment called? Quick hit. Winning time. All right. And, uh, other <laughs> winning time. Good show. Very good show. If you're gonna take anything from this I know, show, I binge watched it and I got mad that I time. watched every episode. Very good show. People are sleeping on it. They think it's just all basketball. It's not all basketball. Basketball is a backdrop. No, it's so just good. This I mean, I fast forward a lot of the sex stuff because I'm not. I don't like watching that. But wow, you're that guy. You're prude. Jesus sake. I'm not a prude. Um, it's just like it's not. I want to know the prude. story. Like I don't have to watch a 10 minute scene where you're having sex. I can you're watch porn prude. on my phone for that. This is like one scene where it's like overly gratuitous, and that's when magic goes into that uh, one plate, goes to that club area. Oh yeah, on that the phone, one was it's bad. Like intercutting. There's no yeah. other like the one with the major coach. sex scene. That was weird. The coach. Yeah, and like the Jerry West scene in like the second episode. Where he meets the girl at the hotel oh, bar. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's like five seconds. That yeah, you That was aggressive. Much. Anyways, I mean, he's, he's an intense guy. Speaking of Anyways, women in sports. Uh, didn't like that segue. Um, so the <laughs> WNBA draft was this week, uh, was today, actually. I watched it while on the plane, couldn't hear anything, but just watched it. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Howard. Uh, sorry, I don't know why I said it like that. Ryan Howard was the first overall pick from the Atlanta Dream. She was the pick was traded from the Washington Mystics. She played at Kentucky. Um, a couple of notables: Emily Elsinger from Louisville, and again picked up fourth. Shakara Austin was the third pick to Minnesota, to Washington. Sorry, again, still sleepy, still sleepy. Um, we had a Florida Gulf Coast player. Out of the A Sun drafted in the first round, Kirsten Bell. That was pretty dope to see. Also in the third round, a player from my alma mater, University of North Florida, Jazz Bond, was picked up by my Dallas Wings, my new Dallas Wings. Uh, yeah, I'm a Dallas Wings fan now that I live here. Just so you know, um, <laughs> Amisha Williams Holiday from Jackson State was picked up also in the third round. And uh, Destiny, Destiny, yeah, Destiny. What are we? I'm getting lost here. Destiny Henderson from South Carolina, the basically the MVP of the national championship game, was picked up in the second round by the Indiana Fever. The Indiana Fever had a lot of picks, and they're trying to basically reshape their team through the draft this year. And they invested a bunch in getting a lot of people's picks. So it'll be fun to see how their offseason goes and how many of these players make it through. Um, so yeah, it, it was a it was a good time. It was a fun time. They had some good. Very good television bits. Uh, uh, Holly Rowe was reporting, and there was like a somebody had a papa shot behind her, which was pretty fun. Like one of the <laughs> draftees was like in full regalia doing papa shot behind her. It was very funny. Um, but yeah, and they started the ceremony off with a uh, a bit of an update about the Brittany Griner situation. They have not been talking about it a bunch because. Uh, the the severity of the situation, you know, they don't want to over publicize it to where Russia tries to use it more so in order to keep her held. So they're working behind the scenes. Her family is asked for um, relative silence, you know, not to overdo it. So that was also good to hear. So yeah, beautiful. Did you fall asleep? Right. Oh, I was like, did you fall asleep? <laughs> 
No, not at all. I was uh, <laughs> reading up on something because you uh, put in the quick hits. You wanted to say Stefan Diggs or Xavier Howard, which is the better deal. So for those of you not in the know, uh, the Dolphins star corner, Xavier Howard, just uh, reached, been in strife with the Dolphins back and forth, requested a trade last year. They reworked his contract. So now... Um, they came to terms on a uh, five-year contract extension, which cl- includes fifty-one over $51 million of new money over the course of the next new five years. Um, but Steph- Stephon Diggs signed for, get this, a deal that's worth $96 million. Of that, $47 million is guaranteed. Uh, averages out to about $21 million per year on this four-year I extension. I thought I saw he was up to like 70-something guaranteed. Uh, that might have been his old money and his new money because it's an extension. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, because it was like this puts him in the tier of Tyreek Hill and Devontae Adams, basically. Of yeah, guarantees. so over the course, this is his salary over the course of that. With the extension, this is his salary. <laughs> this year will be $11 million, but he got a $21 million signing bonus. So half of the guaranteed money he got this year. Then next year he makes twenty, then twenty six, then twenty six, then twenty seven, then in twenty twenty seven he drops down to twenty one million, which is a shit ton for a wide receiver. Joe, you know Hold my up. stance on offensive players, especially skill position players. So I'm going to go Xavier Howard is the better deal, the more sensible really? deal. You can always wow. find wide receivers. Yeah, wow. corners a very difficult Even position though- to play, and you cannot find corners off the scrap. But you, you can't say find wide corners. Receivers. You say corners are one. You you. Uh, by the way, who should be drafted in the first round? Because you say corners are not a first round pick. You would make. Um, no, I think you could you could take corners in the first round. I mean, there's a lot of them, so you don't need to. It's not a. There's four positions you take in the first round: offensive tackle, quarterback, pass rusher, and then a shutdown corner. I'll throw a shutdown corner in there. Oh yeah. Um, did you listen to that podcast I recommended Everyone to you else the other day? Is not. Huh? Did you listen to that podcast? Oh, I the Mina Kimes one. I haven't listened to it yet. I need to. I, I was need like, to. it's Kyle on the list. Brent I, I downloaded. I just haven't listened. A very similar, like he was like the two positions or like the four positions you only draft in the first round. It was similar to what you said too. That's why that's oh, what yeah, he said. No, that, I that's what yet. I was like. I should send this to Brennan. Um, but yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Stephon yeah, this Diggs. Whole running back wide receiver in the first round thing's ludicrous. I'm gonna go with Stephon Diggs. I think Stephon Diggs. Of course Diggs you are. Be, <laughs> I think Steph both people are black, bro. I think Stephon Diggs is by far That's more not what I, meant. <laughs> I think Stephon Diggs You're is You're a by fantasy guy through and through. Everybody who listens to this knows that. I think Diggs is more impactful to what the Bills do and he he's getting there. His arriving in Buffalo coincides with Josh Allen's. Yeah, you're right. Come to Jesus moment, effectively. Um, yeah, Josh Allen isn't Josh Allen without Stephon Diggs, but so I think Stephon Diggs getting there sets a template for all the receivers in that receiving core. But also, he is the safety net. He is he's. Josh Allen's version of Devontae Adams for Aaron Rodgers in the past. But yeah, so because he could catch it over the middle, he could beat you deep. He has all the tools. And so I think he's that important to Josh Allen's production productivity. I hear what you're saying. (laughs) But the only thing I want to say is you just said it. Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, both 
top tier wide Allen Robinson, top five wide receiver, all changed teams this year. Still, still dying on that. So what I'm saying is, still dying on that. You can get a, <laughs> you can get a wide receiver, and you don't have to pay him this as, much. As, but a as, shut as down somebody, corner, as somebody who's team has tried to draft receivers in the first round, second round, third round, fourth round. You can't just get one of these anywhere, Brennan. You can't. Yeah, that's true. You, you, you guys, can't. You, you can't. I, did you guys, did you see that you guys signed that uh, Olympic Galen Reed, Olympic yeah, I saw that. Today. Bynes or whatever. <laughs> Fuck out of here. God <laughs> damn it, Howie. Since 2016. Sick of Howie. So sick of Howie. This is why I don't no, trust you're Howie not. with the He's picks making now. great trades. He's he look, he's good at getting picks. He's not good at picking pick making picks. Just have him be he the inquirer and have that somebody dude, that else. That fleeces people. Oh my god, he's great. He's the fleece king. He's the king of fleece. What he did for Carson Wentz, Nick Fole, uh, Nick Foles. Oh my god. He's the king of fleece. He's the king of fleece. Him and Josh Adam Myers. Josh Adam Myers, the king, king of fleece, of fleece. Baby. The two kings of fleece. Of my podcast. He should just let somebody else pick the groceries, man. He's not good at making the picks. Nor was Chip, by the way. Chip wasn't either. And the thing is, the thing that kills me is how he once knew how to go. pick him. How he knew, once knew how to pick him. He picked uh, Shady McCoy. He picked Deshaun Jackson. He picked Jeremy Macklin. He, even though Jeremy Macklin couldn't stay on the field for a ham sandwich, Jesus Christ, that guy got hurt yeah, all the time. When he was but on the when field, he was dude, on. I had him in fantasy. My gosh. So he picked uh, uh, Zach Ertz, Travis, uh, not Travis Kelly, uh, Brett Selleck. Jason. Um, Jason was an undrafted free agent, but he still made the deal. Still, Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, like he don't Fletcher he Cox. knew how to pick them. What Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, like he uh, he knew one t- one time way when it's the whole Chip Kelly era. The whole Chip Kelly era just confused him, and he doesn't know how to do it anymore. Either that or Joe Douglas was actually the mastermind behind all the actual picking of the people, which is what I've been saying. Which is what nobody can prove because, you know. So I'm going to do a bunch of stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks about the draft and everything like that because I love the draft. But um, I'm very concerned. High pick. No, I love the draft because I love building from nothing, Joe. I like making something out of nothing. You constantly have nothing. Not constantly. We were just in the AFC <laughs> Championship game fucking five years ago. So God, it's been five ago. years now. So long ago. <laughs> what did it cost you? Everything. Um, but everyone's like sold on this Aiden Hutchinson guy. And the thing that bothers me the most about it is everyone's like, yeah, he's not going to be like a Miles Garrett. Like He's not oh, a generational yeah, I, talent, but uh, he's reliable. I meant to ask you about that. Ugh. So initially I asked you about Aiden Hutchinson and you weren't necessarily sold on him and you were like we got Miles was it Miles Jack no we have a uh, Josh Allen and then we went out we got and got Josh uh, Allen that's last what it year. was yeah and then last year we uh, dra- or two years ago we drafted Chase on the outside linebacker from LSU then last year we drafted an outside linebacker like we're always taking these pass rushers and it's like listen why don't we focus on the something else like the offensive line like Cam Robinson you know who can't stay healthy why don't we go get out and get a left tackle with the first pick. Why don't we do that? Yeah, Mina Collins wasn't happy about that pick. But that re-signed, by the way. 
I was so mad. I've been screaming it on here. The dude could get hurt playing chess. I say that about him every year. And they're like, oh, no, we're going to we're gonna franchise him, and then we'll bring in somebody. Uh, I'm just... Anyway, we'll talk about the draft coming up because that's in a well, couple of weeks. I was just confused. Joe, I, know I knew you got rid of Miles. I knew you guys got rid of Miles. So I was like, oh, that opened the position for Hutchinson, but Miles was a linebacker. Yeah, he was a, a outside, not an outside linebacker in the traditional sense of a 3-4 who's a pass rusher. He's an, He was literally like a will linebacker. And this is the other thing, too. So Miles Jack, and now, now I'm going. You were talking about the Eagles. <laughs> now I'm going to talk about the Jacks for a second. Miles Jack is a very um, good player. He's a very nice man. I met him several times. Uh, but he's like a hyper. I don't know if I've talked about it on this show, but he's hyper athletic. He's like a missile. Now, Miles Jack isn't the best at uh, coverage. He's not the best at like basically running the defense. So he needed someone like Paul Puzlesny when he was there, Telvin Smith before his fall from grace, he needed someone to kind of point him. He's great at being a, like a missile, but he needed someone to point him. And so then when Telvin the Smith was gone, he kind of lost that. He was kind of, well, he's kind of like running around. He's making plays, but he was out of position a lot and stuff. So they figured for the amount of money it would cost to resign him. They were just going to let him go. I thought we were going to snag that, uh, Linebacker from Green Bay, uh, Zadarius Smith, but mm. they didn't get him either. So I don't know what the he fuck we're Minnesota. doing. So who knows? The anyway, thing that guys from Green Bay go to Minnesota or Detroit just like stay yeah. in the division. Th- do you think they do it out of spite or I because Minnesota do, has that super high tech like, stadium? Why you want to stay in the cold ass city, man? Like, bro, you can leave. Money, baby. That's why the Jackson players like got to pay him extra. You don't got to live. Like I this. say that all the time. When people talk about living in Alaska, I'm like, why would anyone so ever do that? says the guy living in New York who left Florida. Hey, you. And we'll bring you the press conference in its entirety. <laughs> it's not fair because you have control of the drops. <laughs> where Joe, where can everybody you, find you? Damn it. You can find me on Joe Dorville on Twitter and Instagram. You can check out my website, joedorville.com. You can check out this show, Twitter and Instagram at Hearing Press. Uh, don't forget to check out my merch and my music on joedorville.com. Brennan. Yes. You can also, you can find me at Brennan T Comedy on all social media. Yes, I do comedy. Uh, BrennanTComedy.com. Check out my other podcast. Brennan Tassif is your ex-drinking buddy. Just look up ex-drinking buddy. I have guests on. We talk about, normally it's an artist of some sort. We talk about crazy drinking stories, drug stories, party stories, getting in trouble stories. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Joe's been on there a couple of times. Big name guests include like Josh Adam Myers, Dan Lamort, uh, Matt Fulcheron. Have a lot of big name uh, comedians on there. So it's a lot of fun. And just artists, all around artists. Trying to get a photographer, one of the best photographers in New York. Trying to get him to come on. So check it out. Well, don't forget to go over to anulo.co to check out all the other shows and the merch and the good chats like that. Brennan, I am so tired dealing with the airport. So get me to bed. And this is why we play the game. Hello. Hello, huge shout out, Dwayne Haskins. Gone way too soon. All right, peace. 25. You have been listening to the Anulo Podcast Network. We have four tremendous podcasts on our current roster. If you like the hit Broadway musical Hamilton, then you also might enjoy hearing the Ham Boys rank every song from the Hamilton soundtrack on Who Does a Podcast. 
with hosts Headphone Joe and Kyle Loader. Get your sports talk radio fix with Cheers from the Press Box featuring Headphone Joe Dorville and stand-up comedian Brennan Tassif. Curious about how the brain works? Get your neuroscience knowledge with some laughs at Misbehavior Journal Club. This fortnightly science-slash-comedy podcast is where two lady researchers bring you the latest studies on behavior. It stars Amiel Moreno and Leah, a.k.a. Leah, or vice versa, Krevit. Finally, we have a new low. The podcast has started it all. This show features Farzad, Headphone Joe, Kyle Loader, L. Greg, and Scott by Scott. They discuss anything and everything depending on their moods or their level of sobriety at the time. Thank you for supporting the Anulo Network, and feel free to share your favorite episodes with friends and family. Thanks again, and goodbye.